So how optimistic are you that Shohei Otani will stay with the Angels? The Angels, they gave us an answer. We're going to share it with you. It's time to get Locked On with Mike and John, and this is Locked On Angels. You are Locked On Angels, your daily Los Angeles Angels podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked On Angels your first listen of the day. You can find us anywhere you get your podcasts, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and SiriusXM by searching Locked On Angels. And if you want to give back to the Super Halo Bros for all the Angel content, here's how. You can leave us a rate and a review on Apple Podcasts. If you're watching on YouTube, hit that thumbs up button. And if you're not subscribed, Hit that subscription button to become a Locked On Everydayer. And whether you're watching or listening, come on over to YouTube, leave a comment. It's the best way to keep in touch with us and be a part of the conversation. Thank you for being here for this episode of Locked On Angels, where it's your team every day. You've got the Frisch Brothers here with you, a.k.a. the Super Halo Bros. My name is John, and that's my brother Mike. And my name is Mike, and that's my brother John. Hey, we're into our second season of Locked On Angels here with you. In fact, it's our second offseason. Last offseason, believe it or not, was a lot of fun. So I'm looking forward to... You know, playoffs getting done, and then we can start getting into the real good news for the Angels yeah. of who's getting signed, who's getting fired, all that, all that stuff. <laughs> Everybody, uh, yeah, right, right, yeah. But you know what? It, it, it there's always a storyline with the Angels, as you know, Mike, and we're here to cover it every Monday through Friday here on Locked On Angels. So we're happy that you're here with us on today's show. Are you optimistic that Otani will stay with the Halos? Where's your Where's your hopium at? Take a nice deep breath of <laughs> hopium. Our <O> hopium. <laughs> Our Logan hopium. And will things change if Artie doesn't sell? I know every day we get a comment. Nothing changes until Artie sells. Right, right. And, and you don't have to tell us, guys. We, we <laughs> I think we quite understand that very well. Yeah. Uh, but first, Mike, let's talk about a major reason. The one stat not a lot of people are talking about when it comes to the Halos that led to a very unsuccessful season this year. Yeah, there's a lot of reasons why the Angels were terrible this Where year. Where do we begin? We, we, this is uh, a this is a two part episode because <laughs> uh, we could go on forever. A nine part documentary of the 2023 <laughs> yeah. failures. We've called 60 minutes, and they're going to come down and talk to us. The the truth is, again, there's a lot that we could talk about injuries, and we can talk about bad trades, and we can talk about the lack of pitching and all of that stuff. We can talk about runners in scoring position. <laughs> but there was one thing that stood out to me, Johnny, that I think is indicative of when teams are good and when teams are not good. Mm -hmm. And that's unearned runs. We mm. talked about how the Angels were terrible behind Patrick Sandoval and why he really struggled when he was on the mound because yeah. he had people behind him that weren't coming through for him. Right. And making errors and causing unearned runs. The Angels led the majors with 91 unearned runs allowed. <laughs> this season john wow now wow. that's the most since the team has allowed 96 unearned runs in 1996 how very interesting is i know i was gonna say why not why not 23 unearned runs for 2023 that would have been probably a whole lot better for this team this Mike, season tell me about that 96 team what you remember uh gosh <laughs> 1996 you know what it was it was it was the year after the angels lost that 11 game lead to the mariners in 95 in 96, they had some of the same players, but they didn't have the same magic that year. I think, off the top of my head, I think that they were close to 500 or finished a couple of games over 500. Because with Terry Collins, they were competitive, but they weren't always in the race mm -hmm. and, and making an impact. And so, if I remember correctly, it, it was a it was that cool outfield of like Anderson and Salmon and, and Jim Edmonds and 
They had, I think, Erstad was starting to make some waves there as well. Tony Phillips was still on that oh, team, yeah. I believe. And so uh, if, if I'm incorrect, everydayers, you can correct me in the comments. But yeah, that was the last time that they led the league in unearned runs in 1996. Again, I, I mentioned that Patrick Sandoval was somebody who suffered the greatest consequence for this. The Angels had 23 unearned runs there it is behind him 23 unearned runs so i got my wish yes. after all. <laughs> <laughs> they decided to save it all for patrick sandoval wow johnny that was the second highest single season total in franchise history do you know the first do you know the number and do you know the player no okay no. Oh, gosh it could be anybody it could be really anybody i was surprised by this 24 unearned runs in 1966 behind dean chance oh wow when yeah. was that yeah <laughs> dean dean is fantastic and he's an angel you know angel hall of famer had yeah. i think the first no hitter right and and or he was i can't remember the first cy young winner um it, it was I, one of those two it's cy it, young or a no hitter yeah yes i think it was cy young and and dean was great so all of that to say there's a lot of factors but i think this is one of the major factors as to why the angels were not great this year and as to why the Angels didn't pitch well did, this year and did, why the bullpen really struggled too, right? Did Dean Chance lose his ever-loving mind at his teammates like <laughs> Patrick Sandoval did all season long? Lucky for him, there wasn't social media and a lot of video, so we don't have that <laughs> documentation. Patrick Sandoval really was struggling with that. We've talked about that on this show. And behind him, they just couldn't come through. But it wasn't just him, Johnny. It was kind of a a gift for every pitcher on yeah. this team. And we saw those moments come through when there was a bonehead play or they threw it over or, you know, didn't step on home plate or some of those things happened. And, and it was really frustrating. And then when injuries started to pile up, they had to play the replacement guys. And then you thought maybe you're getting a really great shortstop in squid and defensively, he had, gosh, yeah. he was, he was terrible out there compared Awful. to what he was, the season before and we've mentioned this before but can we just talk one more time about how he was sailing the ball over the first baseman's head against the chicago white Sox? it was not the squid that we had come to know and then no. they kept saying well he's in there for his defense when we had a really great player in triple a named david fletcher right that was just swimming in the pond waiting to be called up johnny all that to say this and to ask you a question how does perry solve this hmm. what does perry need to do because there's a lot that he needs to do and we're going to do a show as what would be the first priority and second priority but just talking in generalities right now what can perry do to solve this is this an in-house issue is it a coaching issue is it getting different players outside of the organization give hmm. me your thoughts yeah it's interesting you, you you consider squid's season and how awful he was compared to 2022 and we're thinking all right, yeah, his bat has never been good, but at least he's saving runs out there and he's making plays and whatnot. And then that goes out the window yeah. in 2023. And you're right. Like, it, it it bothers me when people like Perry or Artie or Artie's yes men say, oh, they really want to win. But then you have guys like David Fletcher sitting in AAA for contract manipulation. Yes. That's not wanting to win. Right. And And who's responsible for that? I don't know. Perry's the one who gave him the contract. So I'm not sure why there was some wishy-washiness there. At the same time, David Fletcher is not going to win you games, but he is going to save you runs and he is going to make great plays. And so I understand the expectation of, hey, Squid can do it. He's he's a good defensive replacement. 
but he wasn't, and he proved yeah. that. And he proved yeah. that time and time and time again for the times that he was on the field. So in terms of Perry Manassian trying to correct this problem, I, I think of like, I think of the Phillies of last year. Remember how bad they were on defense, but yeah. their offense was just like so overpowering. Yeah, I think they do a really good job of prioritizing offense, uh, but at the same time, it really comes at the expense of defense. What do they do? Well, they go and get Brandon Marsh for Logan mm-hmm. O'Hoppy and mm-hmm. shore up the outfield. You can play Marsh in center, left, right, wherever you want. And that's one small move in the right direction for them. So to me, I think the Angels need to identify, number one, who the biggest culprits are because it's not going to be it's not going to be Neto all the time. I know he wasn't perfect out yeah. there, yeah. but when you consider what he does, you know, throwing to third base when the runner least expects it and stuff like that, that's the kind of stuff that you want to see out of your defenders. And when Squid is out there and throwing the ball into the dugout, like Wayne Randazzo was saying, he's, you know, not trying to <laughs> Phil Nevin isn't coaching him to throw it into the dugout. Right. Uh, it, it You really have to look at like who the culprits were and could be for 2024 and figure out how you shore that up. I mean, I think about Brandon Drury, pretty good second baseman. Yeah. Wasn't particularly great at first base. No. All the time. Uh, I think about Rendon and his sidearm underarm throwing from third base and sailing it over the first baseman's head, whether it was Drury or somebody else. Yeah. It's another culprit. And if I could just comment on that for a moment, like that's the thing because he's been injured and because he's been kind of a knucklehead, that's the thing that's kind of been buried in his story and in his baseball career, at least for this season is he wasn't great defensively. He wasn't great at all. And then he was throwing plays very lackadaisical over there. And he had some great diving stops, but Mm -hmm. then he would throw the ball away. Or if he would just have a random moment where it was just a normal play, he would, he would lack the fundamentals. And that's something you and I've talked about often is this team just doesn't have those boring, Oh, another regular play, fundamental type of players, right? Well, you you don't want to hold your breath every time the ball gets hit to the infield and go, is it going to happen? I don't know. And and that's what it feels like constantly watching Angels baseball this last year. And even back in 2022, I'd say the same thing. All of that to say, Mike, I think the biggest thing Perry can do is identify which players are lacking in the defensive department and then – if, if Benji Gill remains as the infield coach, maybe there's a conversation to be had there. Maybe there's some instruction that needs to take place or a different kind of practice that needs to take place. Look, for as great as he did managing Team Mexico, and I know he's a candidate for the managerial role, um, as far as being the infield coach, I, I think that falls on him. I think it falls yeah. on Nevin. I think it yeah. falls on Benji Gill. And you really have to understand why these things aren't being shored up at the end of the day. And really it's your job to get those things shored up and make yeah. sure that you don't have 91 unearned runs this right. season. <laughs> right. Johnny, there's a classic movie called Hoosiers and mm-hmm. uh, Gene Hackman is the, the, the coach of this small town basketball team. And uh, he shows up and the team had won 15 games the year prior. And one of the dads is helping. And when he shows up to practice, he's the, the dad says to him, we're going to do you know five on, five off, and work them through. And he goes, nope, I don't like that at all. <laughs> and then you see kind of a, a compilation of different scenes of them working on chess passes and bounce passes and working on layups and all the things that really are fundamental. But why, why are we practicing this? And he said, if we don't do this well, we're not going to do anything else well. And mm-hmm. if I'm Benji Gill or whoever 
they bring in manager coaches. That's the first thing I'm doing with this team. Like it's going to be spring training all throughout the year, especially if I see stats like this. And so that's what this team really needs is they need somebody to crack the whip on the basic things that this team could do right. And if they just get the basic things right, Johnny, perhaps they can reach the 85 to 90 win plateau because a lot of these run runs cost them games and cost them wins. Absolutely. And, and you hear, you heard it all the time from Phil Nevin. These guys come in, they're prepared. They, they practice every day. They prepare every day. Well, what's the preparation look like? What does the prep on the field actually do for them at the end of the day? If they're continuing to make errors and, give up unearned runs the way that they have to be number one in the league is an indictment to, to be 15. Okay. Yeah. You had some bad luck. You also had some, some miscues, but to be number one in the league with 91 unearned runs is just unacceptable. And is a big part of the angels failure this season. Hey, coming up on locked on angels, the angels are cautiously optimistic about Shohei Otani returning to the team Why is that? Well, we're going to tell you here in just a minute. Locked on Angels is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Johnny, there's a lot of reasons to like Bird Dogs, and you and I have a couple of pairs of shorts and swim trunks. But one of the the reasons why I love Bird Dogs, and you're going to laugh at this, is because you know that I'm notoriously sitting, always sitting crisscross applesauce. Uh right? I'm I'm notoriously, notoriously doing that. Are you doing it right now? I am actually doing it right now, uh, and 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 the reason why I'm able to do it is because I'm wearing bird dogs, Johnny. Because they're flexible, they're agile, and I love these. I have, I, I I went to the doctor not too long ago and had to get you know blood work and all that stuff, and I got weighed, and I've been you know I've been 180 to 185 forever, right since high school, and he weighed me, and I was 205. Like. <laughs> What happened, right? I'm fat. Oh, poor you. The, the great thing is, is that you can't tell my bird dogs because these things fit you. You don't have to try to fit into them and they make you look slim and they're good for all sorts of occasions. If you're just hanging around the house or if you're going to go out and go golfing or go on a date or you could even go to something pretty fancy and look really good in your bird dogs. And we want you to look good as well. So check out birddogs.com slash locked on MLB. And you'll get yourself a pair of bird dogs, shorts, and pants there. And when you do, when you're checking out, use our promo code Locked On MLB, and they're going to give you a free bird dogs water bottle. And you're going to want that. So once again, birddogs.com/slash Locked On MLB. And then when you're checking out after you buy your pants and your shorts, use our promo code Locked On MLB. John and I promise you, you're not going to want to take your bird dogs off. They're that comfortable. Thanks for making Lockdown Angels your first listen of the day. Hey, Lockdown Everydayers, you know that we have Fan Mail Friday coming up. So get your questions into us at Lockdown Angels on Twitter, at Super Halo Bros on Twitter and Instagram. You can even get us at the YouTube comments down below the video. And just let us know it's for Fan Mail Friday. You can also give us a call on our voicemail line. That number's in the episode description. We want to hear from you. So bring in your questions. Come one, come all to our mailbag. It's Fan Mail Friday, Friday unlocked on angels all right i want to i want to preface this next conversation with take it or leave it <laughs> because you, you can you can believe about maybe 40 percent of this because the report that we're about to share with you came from bob nightingale oh, of no. usa today so oh, no. bob bob is notoriously incorrect notoriously has some really interesting and maybe untrue things that, and he's that a are, jinx are, are are rumors and and he is a jinx yes he does say we some call things. It get, we call it getting boobed <laughs> 
<laughs> Boob Nightingale. <laughs> yes. And he's he's kind of throwing a wrench in the entire Angels organization because he's tweeted about things like, hey, you better watch them, see what they're doing, and all of that stuff. And so that's the caveat. Now yes. we can do the segment, Johnny. Bob Nightingale of the USA Today uh, reported yesterday that the Angels are cautiously optimistic that Otani is going to re-sign with them. And mm -hmm. there's a couple of reasons why. First reason is the Angels have been largely non-competitive during Otani's time in Anaheim. Really, Bob? Really? Largely non-competitive? <laughs> no, they've not been competitive at all yeah. <laughs> in Anaheim. And there's a belief that Otani, as we've talked about on this show, wants to be the reason why the team turns it around wow it's like we're correct every now and then <laughs> wow broken clock is right twice a day right johnny <laughs> right hey you got it right that time yeah so uh, and then second thought here second reason is that he was thankful that the team tried to go all in and get and get to the playoffs last season so there's been rumors about his gratitude about that and then third there's speculation that Otani only wants to play on the West Coast hmm. and he loves Southern California. And because he wants to help this team win, he wants to stay in Anaheim. Weather's always great in Anaheim. And then then they also shared, here are some reasons why he might want to leave. And there are reasons that we're aware of. Artie's ownership and his inability to resource the team in a right. significant way. Trading all the young players to go all in. And there are some reports that Otani wants a team with a developmental structure for young players and the resources to back it up. And there was talk that he was eyeing like the Blue Jays because the Blue Jays have done that really yeah. well. So, Johnny, you know where I stand. I am of the opinion that Otani will resign and, and he will be back. I won't be shocked if he don't, if he doesn't, but I, I wouldn't be shocked if he does. I think that he is going to maybe I think right now he's probably 70 30 gonna come back I know I might sound like a fool to a lot of people but there's just something in my gut that says that that's gonna happen but I want to ask you are you cautiously optimistic I've always been cautiously optimistic about it because I agree with all the things that are here that he wants to be the team that turns this franchise or he wants to be the player that turns this franchise around we've been shouting that from the rooftops for the last two years that we've been doing this show yeah and everyone comes down on us ah, we can't wait to get out of there da, 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 da. and and so to hear that i know it comes from bob nightingale but to hear that it it's made sense and it didn't just start making sense it it's made sense for a while like you want to be the guy who helps turn the franchise around uh and and i think otani is that kind of person he's that kind of player and why not i i don't see any world where he wants to play second fiddle to somebody else or just be another piece of the puzzle. Like I think that he is the centerpiece that you build around from. And even though he can't pitch next year, which also I think lends itself well to the angels re-signing him, whether that's short-term or long-term, if it's short-term, maybe it's, Hey, prove that you can pitch again in this short-term contract. Or if he gets a long-term deal, then you know, that they're invested in him just as much as he's invested in the team. Somebody on our YouTube comments made a really good point, and they said, Otani has always said that he wants to win, but he never said if he wants to do that for another team. He never said that he wants to go to another team just so he can win it all. And, and maybe that points to the fact that he wants to win here with the Angels, yeah. and maybe he sees enough of the situation to recognize that, hey, there's some pretty good young guys coming up and that leans into the 
player development and the fact that they want a development structure for young players and the resources to back it up. And if that's part of the conversation, I know you can't write that into a contract. Like in order to get me, you must do <laughs> A, B, and C. Maybe it can be, I don't but know. can you? <laughs> right. well, that's the thing. I think that like where, where Trout lacked in terms of, hey, what's the plan? How are we moving forward? How are you going to build this team around me being your franchise guy? Um, maybe Otani and Nezbolello, by extension, his agent, can bring some of those conversations to the table and say, look, here's what we want to do for you. Now, what are you going to do to make that happen? Yeah. You have to have player development. You yeah. have to have the structures in place. You have to have the resources to back it up. We can't go out and sign these huge contracts of guys that aren't going to help us out. They're, they're not a good fit. Like, like Matt Chapman. I mean, he's going to be the best bat, weird to say, on the free agent market. Right. Matt Chapman isn't who this team needs. They need to go out and get the players that they need. Yeah. Not, not the best player or the, the superstar leading the free agent class at the end of the day. Now, some of the starting pitchers, of course, like, you need those guys on yeah. your team because the Angels need a frontline starter, and there's probably two, three that would be a good fit. So all of that to say, I would love to see Nezbolello and Shohei Otani bring some of these wants and non-negotiables to the table with Artie Marino, John Carvino, uh, <laughs> Perry Manassi, and those guys. That's that's what needs to happen here, Mike. And I feel like Shohei has enough influence and sway and what else like just an aura and the revenue that comes along with having Shohei Otani yes. on your team yes. I mean good grief there was a great report just last week that said in in Japan that he stirred up in 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 United States dollars 300 million dollars in mm -hmm. economic surplus there i mean this guy this guy's bringing resource with him wherever he goes and so it's a no-brainer to re-sign him and to offer him the best possible contract right yeah and he it gives him the room to say here's what i want here's what this team needs here's what i want to see and i think that considering all that he brings to the table i'm gonna listen to shohei otani yeah when we get to the negotiation table and i hope the same is true for the angels front office Locked on Angels is brought to you by FanDuel. October baseball is a whole lot of fun. Johnny, I said it on yesterday's show, and I'll say it on today's show. It's nice to see the Rangers up 2-0 hey, on the Astros. How about go, that, Rangers? Right? Shout out to our friend Bryce over at Locked on Rangers because he's having Heck himself yeah. a, a good time. He's, I think he's stressing himself out too. So yeah. just, just enjoy the ride, my friend. You made yeah. it. You're there. You don't want to be in our position. <laughs> but you can enjoy October baseball if you are in our position with FanDuel. They're Amer America's number one sports book. Right now, you can join and get started with $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place your first $5 bet. Just visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn, create your new account, and then you can get on all the action from the first pitch to the final out. You can bet on strikeouts, home runs, who's going to win the game. If you don't want to watch the whole game, then you can predict what will happen in the next at bat with quick bets. So head over to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn right now. You can step up to the plate this postseason with $200 in bonus bets guaranteed make every moment more with FanDuel the official sports betting partner of Major League Baseball all right getting into our last conversation of the day 
every single episode, Mike. Yep. Every show. Everyone. Whether it's on YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, doesn't matter where it comes from. Somebody always says things won't change as long as Artie owns the team, or right. doesn't doesn't matter as long as Artie's in charge. Fine, we'll just let's just not do a show. All right. <laughs> thanks for being. Yeah. Thanks for making Lockdown Angels your first list. Like, yeah. we, we just won't do a show if that's yeah. if that's what we're gonna do. And the funny part is, is that that <laughs> comment is made, and it's not even relevant to what the show is about. And right. so I don't even know if somebody is even watching it when they leave that comment. They're just leaving that comment, which yes. we all know. We, we all know it. that Artie is you not don't the have greatest. To tell us. We know that, <laughs> and so always putting that comment down doesn't do it doesn't move anything forward it's just sideways energy right it doesn't move anything forward and so as fans we're thinking about like okay here's the reality how do we live in this bubble how do we live in this capsule right Right. within these boundaries and and that's what fans need to do and that's what this team needs to figure out because as of right now Artie's not going anywhere yeah and so we need to figure out we need to think through as fans what does this team need to do in that reality, that's why we have these conversations every single day. Well, and somebody said, well, as long as Artie's in charge, they're not going to get Dave Roberts. He won't want to go. You can't tell me that if the Dodgers fire Dave Roberts, Artie wouldn't be chomping at the bit to stick it to the Dodgers sure. and bring Dave Roberts. Because it's not a baseball him. decision. It's a, it's a, it's a stick it to the Dodgers decision, yes, right? Exactly. Like Artie is the king of not making baseball decisions. <laughs> <laughs> so we understand, having said all that, we understand that, with Artie in charge, the Angels are in this box, this yep. bubble, the way that yep. you put it, Mike. And we have to operate within that reality. We have to understand that, yes, probably won't go over the luxury tax, which is why we don't bring our uh, picks for free agencies or whatever and be like, oh, we got to get this guy and this guy and this guy. Because yeah. we know that's not going to happen. You look at our GM uh, free agent picks from last year, and we literally had – the dollar amount on each of our picks because we know that that's not going to be a reality. You were even more frugal than I was. Turns out the angels went vastly above the projected salary that we, that we had or the payroll that we put down. But here's the thing. Yeah. We feel you, we understand, but is it true? And why do we say that? Why don't you explain, Mike? Well, Johnny, the the Angels were successful under Artie from 03 to 09. Mm -hmm. And then they had a 2014 season where they were successful. And the thing is, is that those were under Artie's leadership. And even in 2014, under John Carpino as the team president. And so there are moments where they have been successful. The question really is, what caused them to be successful in those moments? And I think what we can point back to in 03 to 09 is Bill Stoneman was there, and they had some really good baseball people there. A lot of people from the Disney era, believe it or not, yes. like are, are holdovers and carryovers from that. Yes. Yeah, and which you know makes sense because it seems like Disney, maybe top leadership isn't fantastic, but it seems like Disney understands how to make things work and make things move forward and be effective for those that are receiving the product. Right? They let they let baseball people do baseball things. Yeah. They weren't yeah. involved. They weren't. You know, you didn't have. Walt Disney down there making decisions. I know it wasn't Walt Disney. I understand. That. Right. But, but I'm just saying, like, you don't have Mickey Mouse coming in telling you yep. what to do. Yeah. Yep. And, and so I think that that is the key for where the Angels are currently at. And yeah. with Perry Manassian there, again, this is why you and I are a fan of him and want him to continue to be the general manager, even though the team hasn't been great, is because we've seen baseball moves taking place. We've seen mm-hmm. great draft moves specifically, like, taking place. We've seen him make 
some really great trades. It wasn't just getting the big guy and going and getting this guy. I mean, there was a whole discussion about Trey Turner, and I would have loved to have Trey Turner, but we wouldn't have had the other pieces that we had this season, and we would have lost another draft pick, and we would have had to give out a huge contract, and Perry was like, no, let's spread it around, right? Mm -hmm. And so this is why we're optimistic about this team and why under Artie's leadership, we're, we're thinking that maybe perhaps things could move forward because Perry's there. You just had a light bulb moment, or I just did. You gave it to me. And it's, <laughs> You're welcome. It's Perry is operating within the world of Artie Marino. Again, mm -hmm. that same bubble that you and I are talking about. How can this team improve under this bubble of Artie Marino? And that's the perfect example. Artie Marino wants to go out, get the splashy free agent. Fantastic. We all would have been excited about that up until Trey Turner struggled for the first half of the season, three quarters right. of the season. Yeah. Then we would have been ticked off and furious. And Angel fans wouldn't give him a standing ovation. They get there in the third inning and leave in the seventh. <laughs> <laughs> and Perry Manassian, well, he worked within the realm of Artie and yep. said, yep. no, I think that we need to use that money. If you're not going to go over the luxury tax, then we need to use that money and get ourselves four to five players for the cost of one Trey Turner. And I think that's exactly what happened. And that's what we're talking about when we talk about operating within the world and the bubble of Artie Marino. Yeah. That's why we have these conversations on how to get better. And that's why we've subscribed to Perry in terms of yep. making baseball decisions under this regime of John Carpino and Artie Marino. Yeah. I think you get the right manager and you get the right coaches. And I think that you have a right fit with Perry and with whoever the manager is, mm -hmm. we're going to see a team that's going to be fighting for that third wild card spot. And I know that the roster needs to be developed a bit, and I know they need to add some pieces to it, but I don't think that they're that far away. Now, mm -hmm. I know it's October, and we're now we're in the angel fandom where we're suddenly optimistic again. We've used that word a lot on the show. I'm not. But, <laughs> but, but I do think that we're in, we're in a, a place where perhaps a couple of pieces would help this team to be successful. And the biggest thing is I feel like Perry has more of his guys than he has of other guys, mm -hmm. including players on this team, not just front office guys, including players on this team as well. Absolutely. And again, it's it's taken him these last three years to bring in the pieces that he wants to bring in. And now he's finally at the opportunity to bring in a manager who he can work with well, who will communicate the plan for better, for worse. You yeah. know what? Perry Perry in his front office could come up with a plan and it could be a total disaster and we'll call him out for it and we'll call it out and, and criticize it. But the thing is, until there's a continuity and a through line from the front office to the manager that he selects, it's hard to judge whether their plan or the manager's plan is going to work. And so if they're all on the same page, then I think it's fair to go, all right, is this working? Is it not working? What can change? What needs to be different? All that stuff. Mike, I also, uh, <laughs> this happened yesterday. Our our favorite Marlins fan in our YouTube comments, Thomas Joseph, is going to be very upset that I'm bringing this up. <laughs> I'm sure he's upset about the fact that this happened. But the Marlins and Kim Ng yep. parted ways because the Marlins wanted to make her number two and bring in a boss for her yeah. to be president of baseball operations. And she's like, why don't you just make me president of right. baseball operation? I'm the GM who in three years got the Marlins to the playoffs. Don't count 2020. That doesn't count. They, <laughs> they, they picked up all these waiver wire guys. That doesn't count. And she did a tremendous job. And now she's out there. I would love to see her be our president of baseball operations yep. over Perry Manassian and let him continue to be the GM. I think that'd be fantastic. Now, 
whether Artie would do that or not, I'm not sure. But if it meant that she came in and John Carpino was out, or maybe he takes a step back from all of the meddling and whatnot, that would be fantastic. But again, Mike, there's a very big shift, like you said, from 03 to 09 until they signed Pujols and got the big TV deal. It was it was baseball decisions. And then it became money-making and marketing decisions. Now, maybe they're at a point where they can make money-making marketing decisions and have a good team on the field because they've made their money. They have a great selling price. So I think it's time that already lets baseball people do baseball things once again. Thanks for making Locked On Angels your first listen of the day. Remember, we're here every single Monday through Friday, and Fan Mail Friday is coming up on Friday. We'd love to hear from you. Johnny, how can they reach out to us? Yeah, get at us at Locked On Angels on Twitter and at Super Halo Bros on Twitter and Instagram. The best way to reach us is also in the YouTube comments. So come on over to the video, comment below. Mike, what do we have on deck for tomorrow's show? You've promised it, you've teased it, and now it's coming. The oh, pitch yeah. efficiency conversation yes. will happen tomorrow on Locked on Angels. Buckle up, nerds, because we're doing the numbers, and I've got some (laughs) really good information about which pitchers were efficient and in what starts they were efficient versus when they were inefficient, and it points to a big problem with Angels starting pitching. We'll talk about all that tomorrow on Locked on Angels. Until then, my name is John, and that's my brother Mike. And my name is Mike, and that's my brother John. Thanks for being here with us, and we'll see you back here tomorrow. (laughs) 